Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. G'day, g'day. Just a reminder, if you haven't had a chance to go over and subscribe to My Millennial Career, do so right now while you're listening to this podcast. Search My Millennial Career. It'll blow your mind. G'day guys, it's Glenn here, how are you? Good thanks Glenn, how are you? <laughs> I was talking to the listeners, John, but how are you doing? I hope you're well. Well. Today on My Millennial Answers, this is, I like this first question, Rosalyn. I have a very expensive hobby, show jumping. Mm. Nay. It's something that I am very passionate about, but I find myself struggling with guilt. The cost of it just feels my horse, the cost of just feeding my horses every week is ridiculous. I feel like I'm holding us back from buying a house. Hmm. So, regardless of the show jumping and horses, the question is, I've got an expensive hobby. Which one? No, this is what Rosalind's saying. Like, conceptually. Oh, I thought you meant you have no. expensive hobbies. Yeah, it's called you. Yeah. Um, so, the question is, I've got an expensive hobby. Yes. I feel guilty because it's holding us back. So, that's important that we read us because yes. it means more than one person. Mm. So, I think, well, what do you think? Well, yeah, you're right. The word us means that there's a partner or someone else in their life that's important to her. So, they need to sit down and, and understand where they're going in the next 10, 20 years um, and their priorities in life. She's talking about buying a house or... or potentially being held back from buying a house. Um, look, I, I, I put myself in these situations and think, well, yeah, I've got a passion too, and it definitely doesn't make me money. Um, can a hobby like that make you money? Has she, has she got the ability to make some money out of it so that it's not actually holding you back or restricting your life? If you answer that's no, sometimes you've got to make the hard call and look after your financial future um, as opposed to running a hobby that you're passionate about that unfortunately doesn't get you where you want to be. Yeah, and it's a tough one. So, I guess I'm, one, I don't have an us and two, I don't have an expensive hobby. But like you said, John, if I could put myself in that position, I think it's a conceptual thing. It's like us, we have this much money walking through the door each month. Us, we want to buy a home. Yeah. How can us and we make that happen as soon as possible? Now, that could mean that 
show jumping is an important hobby for one of us mm. and the other one is happy to sacrifice something else or slow the house down. Yeah. And um, again, we can't make these uh, assumptions because we don't have the data, Yeah. but I would certainly want to make sure that you guys have factored in how much it costs because I don't want to be doing a hobby that I'm feeling guilty. No, it's because it takes away the passion, doesn't it? The enjoyment of it. Absolutely. So, the earn more or or save more. Which ones are going to be? If it, if um if you want to save more, then something else needs to go. Or the show jumping, um, or can we keep the show jumping and try and earn more? Yeah, and the whole thing is, it's like, I'll assume I'll give you an example, John. People will call and say, I need to cancel my income protection insurance, for example, right? You know, it's, I'll make a number up, it's $120 a month. Can't afford it. Yeah. So, basically, what usually happens if somebody hasn't got their spending under control and have have a systemized system or plan or budget in place, they're looking for low-hanging fruit to help solve the problem. So, what they go is, oh, I'll piss off the $120 a month because that will make me feel like I've got more money because that's a lot of money, right? Yes. Where it's like, well, no, you can afford it because you earn over 100 grand a year. Yeah. You're looking for something to blame because you're sloppy with money. So, all that to say, Rosalind, you guys might have the money to actually do this, yeah. but you haven't plotted it out. You haven't calculated yeah. how much. And there's an episode on My Millennial Money Express about... Um, hobbies and factoring that into your spending plan and budget. Yeah. So, I think I would be asking, what does your partner think if they're happy with it and happy with prolonging the purchase of the house, Mm. you need to take that guilt away. Yeah, it's a a tough one to to decide because I I would, I'm maybe just assuming here, but uh, the the cost to feed horses in the last couple of years would have increased dramatically if they if she's living in an area where it hasn't rained, like the cost of feed has um, tripled. Yeah. So that, that's maybe hurt her even more. We get out a pen and paper and say, look, we're, and I like I've got no idea. Let's just make it up ten grand a year to keep yeah. horses. Yeah. I'm just making up a number. Okay. We're going to put that hobby on hold temporarily to meet this other goal. Then once we've got the deposit, because we know that the deposit's the biggest thing because you can pay the Mm. same amount of rent as a mortgage payment, right? Mm. So, it could be we just need to press pause on the hobby now while we throw all this money at the deposit. And I would also say if you've got other consumer debt and whatnot, you've got a bigger issue anyway. Yeah, But let's press pause, let's get the house, then let's swing back around and continue the hobby. Yeah. Because if you press pause... Pause is a pause. It's not a stop. No, the issue with pausing in show jumping is people won't just want to go and get rid of their horse. And if their horse stops show jumping, they need it needs to still eat. Like if, if I've got a, a drinking hobby, mm. I just don't go out and stop drinking. I can put that on pause. Uh, yeah, I meant, I guess, stop it temporarily for two years. So sell all the horses, do yeah. all that. So in the spectrum of five years, yeah. we're pressing pause for two years mm. and stopping everything. Yeah. But mentally, it's a t- we're taking a break and selling horses or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, if I'm in that position, I would try and maintain my passion, earn more money and 
stop being guilty. Or do we have to get more creative if you still want to be in the horsey world? Can you do something else? And everyone who's in horsey land is probably thinking, oh, you've got no <laughs> idea, but I'll use another hobby. John, you like mountain bike riding? No. Whatever. Road bike. Right, yes, whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you and Ames are doing it tough. You need to sell one of your eight grand bikes. Can you scratch the itch and borrow someone else's bike every yeah. month? I don't know. Like, mm. how do we get creative to scratch the itch? Yeah, go and work for someone. Yeah, something I don't like know. that. Yeah, no. Yeah, be creative. This one's for John. Disco1992 asks, <laughs> I recently bought a rental property and the rental income is covering the mortgage requirements with the extra savings of $500 a week. What are the pros or cons of the following? Putting money in an offset, 3.73%, or invest the extra money into an ETF slash index fund? Mm. Good question, Disco. Mm. I'm presuming that Disco hasn't got their own home to live in and that they're renting. Yeah, let's presume that for yeah. this conversation. So putting extra money into the offset, you're not earning money, but you're saving money. So you're saving 3.73% daily um, every every day that you have it in there. However, it's an investment property where you may be able to claim some deductions on the running costs of that property. So... Which includes interest as a running cost. Correct. Yes. So do we want to reduce the interest? Well, they've said that the property is costing them nothing to hold. So there might be the ability to put some money in the offset and not affect the before-tax, after-tax position. Right. They've just got to understand where that number lies and that's where uh, they need to do their full calculation with their, their accountant or, uh, or someone else that knows what they're doing. Versus putting it in to an EFT or an indexed fund. I don't know enough about them to say, yeah, I'd definitely do the latter. But conceptually, um, invest elsewhere with that 26 grand a year. Yeah. So conceptually, yeah, that makes sense if I can earn more than 3.73% in that fund. Mm. If I think I can get myself 5 or 6%, knock ourselves out and go and have some diversification where you've got your property on one side... And your fund on the other. Yeah, I, I think so. The question is, I've got an investment property. We'll assume you're just renting somewhere else. Uh, you've got 26 grand a year left over. Are we assuming they're renting somewhere else? What were you agreeing on? Yeah, we said they're yeah. renting. I think it goes back to goals. Do you want to buy another investment property? Do you want to buy a home to live in? So if the answer to both of those questions is no, we've got 26 grand a year that we need to find a home for, I'd be in favor of, yeah, throw it into a fund. Mm. weekly monthly whatever because that's what i do i mean i've got a couple of investment properties got my house here yep i've got uh an, an investment bond that i put money into monthly yeah i've got a etf that i pump money into so i don't see the harm of that you just got to know you want that money to be invested for at least five years yeah so again everything goes back to strategy if you've got no strategy of buying a home to live in or buying another investment property um you wouldn't uh, you would consider it. But it could be like, well, we've got the investment property. Now we want to buy a home. Well, it's like, okay, well, a year and a half, two years time, we've got enough for a deposit. Yeah, probably sit it in the offset. Yeah, just yeah. keep it floating there. Yep. So that's either way, great position that uh, Disco1992 is in. Yeah. Loving it. Presuming they are, what would that make them? 92, 27. 
I don't know. No, that's my math. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> anyway, that's what a calculator is for. Exactly. No, actually, I'm really bad at math. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the... um, uh, What's that online brain trainer? Do you guys know? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Lumosity. Oh, yeah. So, I did this brain trainer and my worst skill is thinking numbers really fast on the fly. Really? Yeah. Like there was this one and people who have done this, you click, there's the water drops that fall and you've got to do the adding up before the water drops hit the bottom and horrendous at that. Yeah. But I peak in other versatilities with brain power. Yeah. Everything can be trained, you know. Well, some things can't. Sophie wants to know, how do you know your worth with your job in terms of what you get paid? This is very interesting. So at the time of this recording... Last night, we recorded some episodes for the My Millennial Money Career mm-hmm. or the My Millennial Career podcast that's launching. Organic plug. Organic plug. <laughs> Just happened to be here, walked right into this. And I think it's important with pay and worth are separate things, Yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. you could be paid really, really well, mm. but treated like crap from your boss, your management or whatever, Yes, right? So, I think we need to go, okay, I'm not feeling valued at work because I'm treated like crap, and but I'm paid above market. Or I work 12 hours a day, I'm on minimum wage. They're nice to me, but I yeah. feel undervalued. Yeah. So, I think it's first and foremost a fishing expedition, Yeah. which might be I'm a surveyor and I work for a private surveying company. Yeah. I've just made up a career. Yeah. I'm going to look at the market, what the market pays for a role of my equivalent education, training, experience, and location. Yes. I'm not looking at what a surveyor's paid in Sydney if I live in Perth. No. But I think it's just a fishing expedition first. Yeah. Good, and, good point. And this is it. Like, there could be a Facebook group for surveyors. Yeah. Jump yeah. in there and ask, what's the average salary? Like, connect with other peers in your industry and... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the big thing that I want to push home there is uh, worth and money are separate. Yeah, and and we're probably presuming that it's a non-government job because if I'm a teacher, I'm paid what the scale is based on my experience. Um, or if it's a high-paying position, it's probably very similar based on the numbers in the in the school, for example. But you're you're right. Going back to your first point about looking at What's actually brought me to ask that question in the first place? Is it because I'm not enjoying what I do? Um, or is it because I am actually don't think I'm paid what I'm actually worth because I'm extremely good at what I do? So understanding where that question's coming from and is money everything? Well, it's pretty important. But if I'm enjoying my work... Would you rather oxygen or money? Oxygen helps, doesn't it? Would you rather water or money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I can probably survive on water and oxygen, can't I? So in regards to Sophie's question there, I I would be saying she may have had a, a job offer that says, well, I can get paid 10 grand more here if I if I jump ship and go to someone else. However, am I going to enjoy that job more? Am I, do I get the I half a day a week time? to work at home? Yeah, the yeah. flexible work conditions. So, weighing it all up, not just against the actual dollar. Mm. So, 
look out for my millennial career podcast because <laughs> Shelley and Em answer all these questions and it is a great podcast coming. Great coming. It's great. So I like this question, John. Tom. Tommy boy. Yeah, what up, Tomster? One. Hey, Glenn. I'll add the hey, John, as well, because he didn't write that, but whatever. <laughs> I currently have 80K in my bank. He's 24. He's single as a prangle. I'm paraphrasing. No debt. Looking to buy an investment property. Should I buy now or wait for a crash? Also, just started looking at shares. Should I start investing now or wait for a crash? Now, let's just step back and talk conceptually about the language Ooh. of wait for a crash. Now, yeah. first of all, congratulations on saving yeah, 80 grand, 24K. Tom. 24K. Yeah. Uh, 20, 80K at <laughs> age 24. 24. I mean, gosh, I wish I was you, Tom. Yeah, unless he's been gifted it. Yeah, well. True. Any case. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the crash is the, I suppose, worrying word that he's put in there, is he's expecting the markets to crash. Now, I, I when I read stuff like that, I think, well, What's made him come to the conclusion that there's always a crash, right? Now, yes, there's, there's ups and downs in, in any investing cycle. Um, however, a crash is I crash my car and it's going to cost me thousands to <laughs> recover from. Uh, a crash is 2008 GFC. Well, no, it's not. Well, equities it is. Equities it is. Yeah, and that's that's, right. that's the thing that people need to understand is... If I, well, I did buy in little old Adelaide in 2008. What up, Adelaide? Yeah, and it gave me 100 grand of, of improved value in the two years to 2010. Mm. So the Adelaide property market um, was, was no problem in regards to that recession or crash, as they want to call it. Mm. However, if I had money in, in my super or some equities, then yes, I might have lost 30, 30% of its yeah, value. Yeah, so I think we need to... We're running out of time coming up against the clock, but there's lots of sub-property markets all around Australia mm. in terms of equities. So I personally, I'm not out of the game waiting because there's all these people that go, oh, I predicted the GFC. Here's the thing, John, I'm going to predict this on the record. Within five years of today, the stock market will correct 30%. Wow. Now, Harry Dent. Yeah. Now, what basically happens is when that happens, if it happens, I'll go out on a book tour and say, I predicted yeah. it at the end of 2019. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. but you know, you've got your 80K. I think you've got the mindset of, I want to be an investor, get investing. If you are going down the equity route, we talk about dollar cost averaging. Yeah, sure. Throw 40 grand in half of your money, yeah. put money in monthly for the next six months. If there is a 20% correction in one day, you might go, all right, all chips in. Yeah. So, yeah, it, that's right. There's no hard and fast thing. And no. don't get, don't watch the Today Show in the morning and have the special guest tell you that this is coming because they're selling a book yeah, and we've got true. to go to the kitchen and get a foil roll to make a hat. No. Yeah. And in regards to property, the next best time to buy is tomorrow isn't it it's just where totally. i've got a couple of ripping locations that i'm not mm. disclosing today all right thanks john see you mate